Good morning. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. You know the famous saying, location, location, location. So today is all about location in two ways. I have described these Torah portions, the second half of the book of Shemos, Exodus, as four portions that relate to the Mishkan, the sanctuary that was built by the Jewish people to travel with them through the desert and then ultimately became the Beis Amigdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. So there are four portions that describe the Mishkan, this sanctuary, with one portion in the middle interrupting that theme, that section. So remember, we had the Parsha of Truma, which is mostly about the utensils inside the Mishkan. Then last week, the Parsha of Tetzaveh, mostly about the garments worn by the Kohen and the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. This week, our Parsha Kisisa is the interruption Parsha. It's mostly about the Egel Azov, the golden calf. And then next week will be Vayakel, and the week after that will be Pekude, also relating to the utensils and the garments in the Mishkan. And that concludes the book of Exodus, Sefer Shmos, the second book of the Torah. And I have described one reason for the order of the portions and why our Parsha is an interruption in that larger unit. And I do have a second approach to that, which is a very important subject that I hope to discuss with you later this week. But the premise is not exactly precise because, although it is true that most of our Torah portion this week, Kisisa, is an interruption in this larger unit about the Mishkan, because, as I mentioned, it's mostly about the golden calf, the Egel. However, there is one utensil in the Mishkan and later in the Beis HaMikdash that is described in our Parsha. And that is the Kiyor, the basin. It was made of copper and every single Kohen, every priest, before officiating in any way, was required to wash his hands and feet from water in this kior that comes from this basin in order to achieve a certain level of ritual purity to be ready to do this holy service. And many of us continue this practice even today by washing our hands before prayer. And as you may know, we share this practice with our Muslim cousins who do the same. Locating the description of this one object by itself in our Torah portion and not before it would appear that it belongs in the portion of Truma, which discusses all the other objects and utensils, taking one of them and putting it here by itself in our Torah portion puts a spotlight on it and on its significance, which is deeply relevant to every single one of us today. And it contains 
a dual message. Now, you may see these two messages as contradictory or, as I hope, complementary, but that will depend on your perspective. Near the beginning of this week's Torah portion, by Yedaber Hashem Moshe Lamar, God says to Moshe, Make a basin out of copper. So there's like a, a receptacle for the water and kind of like a faucet and then a basin for the water to, to spill into for washing. And so every Kohen would wash his hands and feet in order that he not die. Serious business. This shall be a rule, a law for the Kohen and that existed at that time, that the first Kohen, Aaron, and his sons, and all of his descendants afterwards are required to wash. Even today, when we have Birchas Kohenim, the priestly blessing, which the Kohen offers to the congregation, which is, even in our day, a sort of Kohen service, it is necessary that the Kohen washes his hands before doing that ritual. So what's the message? I want to share with you something that's partially based on an essay by J. Michelson. The message is you can't just walk up to holiness. You have to wash first. You have to prepare. Holiness doesn't come down to you. You have to rise to meet it. Now, you can reach it. Anyone can reach it. But you have to stretch. And if you're not willing to stretch, if you're not willing to make it some type of priority, if you're not willing to take it seriously, even though you have a promise that you will succeed, you will not connect with holiness. And that was true then in the Mishkan and later in the Beis HaMikdash. It's true even today in our synagogues. It is true in every aspect of Jewish life. It requires some effort. It requires some energy. We will help you. And you will succeed. I'm saying this at the outset. Don't worry about succeeding because you will succeed. But you have to be willing to try. You have to stretch. And if you don't stretch, if you simply walk in and sit down without any preparation, without any effort, without any striving to any service, 
or ceremony or ritual, there's still a lot that you can accomplish. You can be entertained. Maybe you can be inspired. But probably you will be bored. And most probably you will not be transformed or reap the benefit and the value that transformation can provide. And it is most likely that you will not be able to pass it on to your children. There is a need for synagogue, for ritual, for ceremony, to be creative, to be accessible, to be hip, to be fun, to be entertaining. All of those things are good and they're all important and we need to work better and harder at all of those goals. But you have to stretch to be holy. And there is no shortcut for that. So that's the first lesson about the location of the cure. Now let's turn to the location of the cure in the Mishkan, in this sanctuary, and later in this Beis Hamikdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Where was it put? Where was it placed? So I want you to imagine in your mind's eye for a moment, you are standing at the entrance to the courtyard. So in front of you is the courtyard of the sanctuary of the temple. And in your mind's eye, on the left side is the Mizbeach, the altar. And there's a ramp going to your left downward. On top of the altar, that's where the sacrifices are placed. On your right side of the courtyard, that's an open area where much of the preparation for the sacrifices is done in that open area of the courtyard. This is where most of the action is. This is where most of the activity that you will see is going on. Around the altar, on the other side, as the sacrifices are being prepared. Further back, straight back, but further back, is the building. The Ohel Moed, the Tent of Meeting. That's the structure that is described with the boards and it's covered with the coverings. And inside that building is where the objects of the menorah, the shulchan, the kodesh akadoshin, the holy of holies, the ark, the aron, that's all inside that building. Later, that becomes a permanent structure in the base of Migdash, the holy temple in Jerusalem. It's referred to as the heichal, the building, the, the, the grand hall. But most of the action that you see, again, is in the courtyard. On the left, the Mizbeach. On the right, all the Kahanim preparing the sacrifices. Now, if the purpose of this kiyur, this basin, 
is to cause us to prepare for holiness, to stretch towards God, to attain spirituality. Where do you think the cure should be placed? I would think it should be at the entrance. Just as you are standing at the entrance and you want to approach, first you purify yourself by washing, then you approach. That would be logical to me. But that's not where it was. The cure was further back, beyond the Mizbeach, the altar. It was between the altar and the Ohel, the Heichal, the building. So actually, it was beyond the area where all the activity is going on that you can see. And please listen to how my friend and teacher, Abe Mezrich, explains this location of the Kiyor. You enter God's courtyard, hands unwashed and feet unwashed, and wash your hands there beside God's altar, behind God's altar, just in front of the tent of meeting, the hall, the structure. So perhaps you need to be clean and pure to serve before God, but to walk toward him, you only need to be ready to wash yourself. That's all God asks at the entrance, to be ready to stretch. And then you are welcome. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.